0: Log Talk Radio. All right, all right. This is Watchman on the Wall. This is Watchman on the Wall. We are here to let you know there's good news. There's good news, there's good news, there's good news. The good news is that Jesus Christ has been gone from this earth for 2,000 years, and he's getting ready to come back. That's the big, big celebration. That's the big celebration. We know that Christmas was supposed to be on the 25th of December, but that's not true. That's a lie that started way back in the early church age. Jesus Christ was not born in December. He was born in September. September was the month that Christ was born according to the chronological order of the calendar and the Jewish calendar. He was born in September, one on the, one of the feast days that the Jews celebrate, seven feast days they celebrate, and the Feast of the Trumpets is one of the celebrations that they celebrate. And we know that God is moving on the Jewish calendar time. He's moving on the Jewish calendar time, not the Gregorian calendar. And we thank God anyway for coming down here and dying, but we just got it all mixed up. There's no Santa Claus in Christmas. There's no uh, a partying, and there's no going here and there and trading gifts. The only true gift that ever can be given is Jesus Christ gave himself on Calvary's cross as a gift to the souls of men, and men are not celebrating the salvation that Jesus Christ brought 2,000 years ago in the right way. We are supposed to be in a repentant spirit to recognize that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, I'm not here today because of some Santa Claus or some Mickey Mouse cartoon. My God, my God. Well, I'm here because of what Christ did, amen, 2,000 years ago. Amen. He came down here, died and suffered, put in the grave, got up out the grave, went back to heaven, and he said, I'm coming back again. And when he comes back again, he's not coming back to die no more. All the dying, all the baby. Being born is done. Jesus Christ died on Calvary, and when he comes back, he's coming back in power, and in great glory is he's going to return, and when he returns, judgment will bring with him. Judgment will be with him. The first judgment was at the cross. Jesus Christ took our judgment. He took our judgment on Calvary's cross. That's something to shout about. That's something to rejoice. That's something to call out the name of the Lord and Jesus Christ, thanking God that you took my judgment. But you know something? Although Jesus Christ took my judgment, there's a lot of people in the world today, amen, is refusing the judgment of the cross. People are refusing Christ for their judgment To receive eternal life, they prefer to go right on through the annals of time and reject the greatest gift that ever given to mankind. And said that Jesus Christ was not the son of God, that he didn't die, that he didn't have to die, but he had to die in order to save mankind. And by God's love, he so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish. And those that receive him shall re- receive eternal life. In other words, I'm just passing through. After I die, if I die in Christ, I want to make that plain. If I die in Jesus Christ, if I die in Jesus Christ, in other words, if I accept Christ as my personal Savior before I die, receive his blood, receive his joy, receive the Holy Spirit, and be born again, I will live forever with Jesus Christ. I will live forever with Jesus Christ. I won't have to worry about dying The spiritual death, because Jesus Christ died for me that I would never see death in the spiritual realm. In other words, when Jesus Christ comes to get to church or when I die uh, the natural death, amen, my soul will take flight to go to heaven. I'm not going because I belong to a church. I'm not going because I say I'm religious. I'm not going because I'm a name of a church name Baptist, Presbyterian, Catholic. I'm not going to heaven by that. I got to go to heaven by one way, and that's through the cross, the cross of Jesus Christ. And I'm celebrating on this so-called Christmas day, which I know better and there's no Santa Claus in it. There's no reindeers in it. There's no snowman in it. There's no 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 giving gifts. The only gifts that was given at the uh, uh, at the birth of Christ was gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And the wise men from the east came all the way from the east to the west, and the east met the west, and they set up on him. They gave him gold for his deity. They gave him frankincense for his burial, and they gave him. Frank, uh, frankincense for his royalty, and he is com- not considered to be the son of God. He is the son of God. And the three wise men saw Jesus Christ in woo, in the manger, wrapped up in swallowing clothes. Some say that they didn't come till he was after two, uh, uh, two, years, uh, two years old, but whenever they came, they brought gold, frankincense, and merit to represent the gift that God gave us, his only, only begotten Son, God manifested himself in the flesh, came down, born as a child, given as a son, stayed here thirty-three and one half years, walked to Jerusalem, walked to Galilee, walked on on on, on the on the, on, on the Sea of Galilee, raised the dead, healed the sick. Cast out devils, fed 5,000. Whoa, awesome, awesome. God in the flesh. God one, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, all three are co-equal in different manifestation, And the manifestation that he came to prove to the world, that he is the savior of the world, He, he is the Son. He didn't become the Son, he is the Son. He is God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost, all three in one. And he was manifested in the flesh, seen of angels, justified by the Spirit. It's a pleasure to be with you. This is Elder G. Bazaar coming to you from Warren, Ohio. Amen. I'll probably be on here for maybe about an hour. I know this is supposed to be the holidays uh, 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 of the birth of Jesus Christ on on, on, uh, on 25th of December, but that's not true. That's a lie for the last 2,000 years. And it's a lie for people to say that Jesus Christ, some people don't, don't believe that he came down here. Some do, and some do, but they won't accept him. And by you accepting him, you're just as bad as those that don't even believe in it. But let me tell you, he is real. God is real. Christ came down here. He stayed here long enough, long enough to do what his father gave him to do, and that's do the work that he was given to. And that is one thing. He came for one specific, unique, utopian reason. Somebody had to die for the sins of man. Somebody. And the somebody wasn't just anybody. This somebody I'm talking about had to be some far above man, far above creation, far above eternity. And that was God Almighty and when he came, he sent himself through his son, Jesus Christ, and he's alive today, and he's coming back again to get a church without a spot or a wrinkle, living in a world of despair Living in a world of anguish, living in a world of sin, living in a world with breakups and wars and pestilence and diseases. Men are confused. Men don't know what to do, but the Bible already told us what to do. Repent, repent, repent and turn from your wicked ways, turn from your sins, turn from your own so-called self-religion and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Bible said, thou shalt be saved because he's definitely his utopia. He's ultimately coming back again. To judge the world in righteousness. Amen. We're going to get into the word. Just before we get into the word, we are going to pray the prayer of faith. Amen. That the word of God may go out this evening. Amen. I might be on two hours. I might be on one hour. It depends on what direction the Lord wants me to take. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Eternal Father, we come to you now, right now. I want you to use my lips of clay, use my soul, my spirit, my everything that I have, that the word of God may go out, that men and women may acknowledge you as the Savior of the world, the only one, the unique one, the one that's coming back to get a church without a spark or wrinkle, the one that's going to judge the world in righteousness, the one that shed his blood on Calvary's cross 2,000 years ago and gave his life that through his death, his burial, and his resurrection, men, boys, and girls, and those that are lost may receive you in their hearts, that they can have a changed life, that they can be born again, that they can be sanctified and justified, and they may be crucified with Christ because he crucified him. He let himself be crucified, and he said, if you are going to be my followers, pick up your cross and follow me. In Jesus' name I pray. A church say amen. We are definitely uh, definitely living in the last days. Two thousand twenty-three is almost gone. It's almost gone because this year has been a year of what? Restoration. A year of men, women, boys and girls gathering their minds together and find out and see what's going on in our world today to point to you and to your friends and to the church and to the, the world that's in sin, that this Christ that we have been talking about for the last 2,000 years is coming to a close. Christ is going to reveal himself pretty soon in the portals of glory. But before he comes back to the earth, before he comes back to get to church, many things will transpire on the planet. Many things are happening right now on the planet. Everywhere you go, there is tragedy. You can't go nowhere today unless you find some kind of tragedy. And the tragedy is that men, boys and girls, don't understand that the time is running out. They don't believe that there's going to be a judgment. They don't believe that the blood of Jesus Christ can save your soul. They don't believe that there's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. They don't believe in the love of God and repentance of sin and justification. They have no idea the condition that the world is in and the condition that you're in without Jesus Christ. Without Jesus Christ, you are lost. Without Jesus Christ, if you die without Christ in your life, been born again and been washed in the blood of the Lamb, if you die on the age of accountability, you're going to die and go to hell. Don't go to hell for nothing. Don't go to hell for nothing. And Jesus Christ made sure, amen, that you haven't escaped and to keep you from going to hell, burning forever for what? Your own sins. We all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And if you die in your sins, that means that you are willing to pay for your own sins and the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And you know something? Sin brings death, and this is a spiritual death. Sin is to be separated from God. Since God is a holy God, he's a holy God before the world began. He will always be, be holy. He cannot drop his holiness. He cannot lay it aside. He is holy, 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 holy. And no sin can come before him and live with him and dwell with him. And he cannot approve of sin in your life if you are in sin. The only way you can get rid of sin, you can't stop sinning. You can't stop sinning. The only way you can stop sinning is you accept Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and I mean sins of the soul. I mean separated from God. The only way you can be reunited with God himself is through Jesus Christ, not going to church all the time, not paying your tithe. You can't go to church that, not being good or not being bad. can't go to church that way. You're going to have to totally repent. Be filled with godly sorrow, with a broken heart, that you have sinned against a holy God, because God is good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. He's good. And he let you live, amen, at this present day. And the reason he lets you live, because he loves you so much, and he's going to give you enough time to come to him and the pardon of your sins, because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. This is of a bizarre watchman on the wall, watchman on the wall looking for the blessed hope of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I'm going to do something this afternoon, amen. I'm going to read straight from the Bible on Bible prophecy that's coming from the word of God. I'm not going to try to fully explain each verse, but I'm going to give you some verses that you can look for yourself and see where we at in this present generation. There are at least 30, uh, even more prophecies, more than that. There's over 300 prophecies made, amen, of the return of Christ, of the return of Jesus Christ. Because before Jesus Christ comes back to the earth, before he steps his foot on the top of the Mount of Olives, before he spit the sky and the moon Uh, turns to blood and the sun is blotted. Before he does that, there is a seven-year judgment called the seven-year tribulation, called the seventh week spoken by Daniel the prophet, where God is going to judge the world through Israel. I'll say that again. God is going to judge the world through Israel. The Church has been preaching the Gospel for two thousand years. Two thousand years, the Church has been preaching the Gospel. The first church was organized by Jesus Christ with a hundred and twenty Jews in the upper room in Jerusalem. A hundred and twenty Jews were in the upper room. That was the beginning of the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church. Jesus Christ is the builder and the foundation of the church. Jesus Christ is the only one that can bring forth born again believers through his blood on Calvary's cross. 120 Jews gathered in Jerusalem because Jesus told his disciples to go back down in Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father, and he shall a 120 Jews in the upper room on the day of Pentecost, and they will be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost. And he told the Jewish Jewish nation to go out into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, every creature, and teach them and preach to them and proclaim him, and baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Ghost. And he filled them with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost and when the day of Pentecost had come. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. They began to preach, say, Jesus and him crucified. And they went outside and they preached the gospel of Jesus Christ. And they preach it so powerful that the people ask the question, who are these men that we hear them speak in our language? Well, these are the ones that God said, I'm going to use the Jews because I came to the Jews, and the Jews received me not, but as many received him, I give them power to come the sons of God. And so 120 Jews started the church through the power of the Holy Spirit by God through Jesus Christ and the death of Jesus Christ and the resurrection, and the church began 2,000 years ago. And ever since then, the church has been on the earth. And since the Jews rejected Christ as a nation, God Almighty said, I'm going to cut the Jews off for a period of time and go to the Gentiles because the Jews rejected me. I'm going to go to the Gentiles. I'm going to go to the Gentiles. I'm going to go to the heathen nations. I'm going to go to the heathen nations that don't know God because Israel knew God. They experienced with God for 3,000 years. They dealt with God. In the Old Testament, it was the Jews that made the foundation. They got the foundation, and they were disobedient. And by them being disobedient when Christ came, they rejected him. And by them rejecting him, God said, I'm going to cut you off and grab the Gentiles in. Well, at the early church age, the church, the, church, the Jewish church, By by them rejecting Jesus Christ, God cut the Jews off and engrafted the Gentiles. And since then, the Gentiles have been engrafted in, and they are majority of the church is consisted of Gentiles, and they've been preaching the gospel for 2,000 years, including the Jews that accepted Jesus Christ through the church because the, the nation of Israel and the church is two different entities. The nation of Israel is God's people that he chose through Abraham. And by choosing them through Abraham, he begot 12 sons. And the 12 sons are the Jews. And the Jews are the ones that God used in the Old Testament. And he, he was going to use them in the New Testament. But by them rejecting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, he cut them off and engrafted the Gentiles that they may be saved by God Almighty. Thank God for his love. And he, he engrafted them and he cut the Jews off. So the Jews have been cut off for almost 2,600 years. But he said at the end, at the end of time, at the end of the church age, at the end of the sixth millennium, which we are living in right now, getting ready to go into the seventh millennium, at the end of the end of the end, I'm going to cut the Gentiles off and engraft the Jews back in that they may fulfill the seven-year tribulation because it's going to be the Jews that preached the Gospels for seven years that's called the Gospel of the Kingdom, the Gospel of the Kingdom. The church preached 2,000 years, the Gospel of grace, God's undying grace, God's undeserved love and mercy, God's grace Meaning that he loves you so much, he's going to give you the love and time enough to receive him because he loves you so much, he's going to give you time, undeserved time. I don't deserve to be alive now. You don't deserve to be alive. Nobody on this earth deserves to be alive. But God loves his creation. God loves his children. God loves his fallen race. And he's going to bring his fallen race back in the relationship with him through Jesus Christ. There is no other religion. There's no other deity. There's no other occult. There's no other denomination that has the plan that God has. And God's plan that men come to Jesus Christ. Men come to the cross. Men kneel at the cross. Men hope in the cross. They love the cross. Why? Because it was God himself wrapped up in human flesh that hung on the cross It was God that hung on the cross In the flesh All God And by he being God He was sinless, born sinning Did no sin But he became a sin offering for mankind So man could have a substitute Substitute that died for his sin. The only substitute that could die for man's sin is Jesus Christ. And since Jesus Christ died for my sin, that's who I'm going to worship. That's who I'm going to honor. That's who I'm going to pray to. That's who I'm going to love. That's who I'm going to admire. That's who I'm going to do everything I can through the Holy Spirit to prove, prove maybe to the world that there is a living God in Jesus Christ. And so Jesus Christ right now is preparing to return. But before he returns to this earth, there is a seven-year tribulation period. And this tribulation period will be the end of the fulfillment of the Gentile nations. God is going to go back to the Jews, which right now, Jerusalem is getting prepared for the return of Jesus Christ. Uh, let me tell you this now. Jerusalem is getting prepared for the return of Jesus Christ. But before he comes back to the earth and reveals himself to the world, there is a false Christ coming first. And that false Christ is called the Antichrist. The Antichrist must come first. When he come on the scene, he's coming on the scene on a peace platform. He's going to Try to bring a peace that the world will be deceived by because there's no peace. There's no peace at all, nowhere on the planet. There's no peace nowhere on the planet. The only peace that you can receive and have with security is the peace of Jesus Christ in your heart. If you know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, you can have peace in your heart that passes All understanding. So what you're saying, preacher? I'm saying that before Christ comes back and reveals himself from heaven, the Antichrist is going to come on this earth. In fact, he's already on the earth. The Antichrist is here. He's full grown. He's full grown. And the Bible says when he comes, he's coming as a peacemaker. And when he comes, he's coming in Deception. When he comes, he's going to say that he is Jesus Christ when he is not Jesus Christ. Because we have had many men down through history that said they were Jesus Christ, and that was a lie. Because Jesus Christ is not coming from a desert. He's not coming from the chambers. He's not coming from the synagogue. He's coming from heaven. But this Antichrist is going to come whoo, from Jerusalem. But he's coming from Jerusalem. He's coming from Oh, let me tell you where he's coming from. Lord, have mercy. He's coming from Spain. He's coming from Spain. He's coming from Spain. He is in Spain now. I'm not joking. I'm not playing. I didn't make this up. I don't lie on the scriptures. I don't lie on God. I'm telling you the truth. He's coming from Spain. And the Jews have already initiated him they initiated his father and he is a son of the juan carlos you don't know nothing about it because you i mean you, you ain't into it like i am i'm into this thing i've been in this thing for 58 years 58 years i've been preaching this gospel and a lot of people haven't heard it only thing they heard is some some old cheap sermon or some old moaning and groaning But I'm telling you right now, the Antichrist is alive, and he is a handsome dude. He is six foot six. He comes from Spain, and he's getting ready to open the door. But the door cannot be opened until the Jews are back into the land, until the Jews go through a a Holocaust, and the Jews are going to be persecuted, and the Christians are going to be persecuted, and now Jerusalem is going to be ransacked, by the nations of the world to overthrow Jerusalem and take control of Jerusalem, and the devil is trying to set up his kingdom down here. Ooh, he's been trying for the last four thousand years to set up his own kingdom, and every kingdom that Satan has risen up has fallen. If you don't believe me, check history. If you don't believe me, listen to this. The Egyptians wanted a kingdom. They tell me the Assyrians wanted the kingdom. They tell me the Babylonians wanted the kingdom. They tell me the Median Persians wanted the kingdom. They tell me the Grecian Empire wanted the kingdom. And they tell me the Roman Empire wanted the kingdom. And every kingdom that they brought forth through the Luciferians and through the secret societies and the, di- the the devil's diabolical plan to rule the world because that's what the devil wants to do. He wants to rule the world and he won't be able to do it. So he's going to make a laugh. Get go at it. He's trying to take over the world. He's trying to rule the world. He's been trying for six thousand years, and he has failed. And the last, the last kingdom that will come out of the fallen Roman Empire is called the New World Order. The new world order is on its way, a new world religion, a new world political system, and the system is going to be diabolical, demonized, and ostracized, and men and women today are falling into its trap because they are going after every other religion. And let me tell you, they won't accept Christianity because Christianity is not a religion. Christianity is a relationship with the great God through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When you accept Jesus Christ, you simultaneously accept God Almighty, through the Holy Spirit by his death on Calvary's cross, because when he got up from the grave, it was God who raised himself from the grave, because Jesus Christ said, I got power. I got power from my Father. Lay down my life and I got power to pick it up again. That was Jesus Christ, God Almighty in the flesh. Said everything is in my hand. Yes, I'm gonna let man slay me. I'm gonna let man beat on me. I'm gonna let man talk about me. I'm gonna let man spit on me. I'm gonna let man kick me. I'm gonna let me. I'm gonna let man drag me to uh, uh to Calvary's cross and I'm going to let man nail me to the cross. I'm going to let man nail my feet. I'm going to let man pierce my side. I'm going to let man beat me beyond recognition. Well, that's all right. Um, He said, I got power to lay down my life, and I got power to pick it up again, and they tell me that's what they did. The world killed Jesus. I know the Jews rejected him, and they ostracized the killing, but the Roman government is the one that nailed him on the cross, so everybody on the face of the earth is guilty. Everybody on the face of the earth is guilty for killing an innocent man. It wasn't just Pilate. It was George E. Bazaar was guilty. Joe Brown was guilty. Your mama is guilty. Your daddy is guilty. The postman is guilty. The football player is guilty for being a cold-blooded murderer for killing Jesus Christ. And since we're killing, Jesus Christ said, I'm going to get up out the grave. When I get up out the grave, I'm going to have power to do what? I got power in my right hand to save those to the utmost. So he didn't die to kill you. He died to give you life. And the world today said, well, I don't want that life. I want to keep on doing what I'm doing. I want to keep on lying. I want to keep on cheating. I want to keep on committing fornication. I want to keep on gambling. I want to keep on partying. I want to keep on doing that. I can't stop it. Well, if you don't stop, mm, you're going to get stopped because the judgment day is coming. And when you stand before the great white throne, because the wicked will never, the wicked will never go to the judgment seat. Yeah, I got to break that down for you. There's two judgments, a judgment for the righteous and a judgment for the unrighteous. The judgment of the righteous is called the of seat of Christ. And that judgment will start at the beginning of the rapture of the church. When Jesus Christ comes back to this earth, he's going to rapture the church. Not your church, not my church. No, no, no. Not no fake, false, corny religion. Jesus Christ is going to rapture his church for all those that have repented of their sin and accept totally. You hear what I say? Totally the Lord Jesus Christ and his birth, his death and resurrection, and living holy. Why? Because you can't live holy until you receive the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit comes into your life, you grow into holiness, you grow into sanctification, you grow into justification. You can get it overnight, you can be saved overnight, but it takes a period of time for you to grow in grace of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, so you can be affected for the works that God has called you to do. And he calls you to do what? He calls you to be what? A witness, a witness to the whole world, a witness of his burial a witness of his suffering, a witness of his miracles, a witness of his death, a witness of his resurrection, a witness of his second coming, and that's what the church ain't doing. We ain't doing it. We have a form of garden, but we deny denying the power of the So you say, brother preacher, you mean Jesus Christ is coming back? Yes, but he ain't coming back the way a lot of people think he's coming back. But before he comes back, the Antichrist got to come. The false Christ has to come, and he will rule this world for seven years. He will have control of the human race for seven years. And at the same time, God is going to give the Jews an opportunity to make their last stand before he comes back to the earth. Because before Jesus Christ comes back to the earth, Jews have to be in Jerusalem. They have to be in their homeland where God promised Abraham that he would give them the land flowing with milk and honey. They've got to be in that land. They are in the land, and they're preparing to meet the Messiah, but they're going to have the wrong Messiah. Because this Messiah is coming, it's going to be a fake, phony, Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck, Santa Claus fake, phony, and folks today love phonyism. They love lies. They love compromising. They love to do what they want to do and call themselves going to heaven, but you can't go to heaven unless you've been born again. You can't get in. The Bible says you can't get, that's what the Bible says, you can't get in. You can't get in. Well, preacher, what do you read that at? I'm going to read that in the book of St. John. Let's read what Jesus said, and then we're going to get into some prophecy. Amen. What did Jesus say about being born again? Well, what did he tell Nicodemus? And this is what, amen, Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, told Jesus Christ, told Nicodemus these words. He said, in the third chapter, in the third chapter, third chapter, I'm going to read the third chapter, at least four verses. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same that came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you you are a teacher. Come from God. For no man can do these miracles that you do, except God be with them. Now, if God is with Jesus Christ, he had to be God. No man can do these miracles unless God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, or truly, truly, realization or Verily, verily I say to you, except 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 a man be born again, he cannot and will not ever see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Nicodemus was saying, can I go back and reduce myself back to a baby, reverse my DNA, and go back to a little fetus, and then he would have to go back into his mother's womb, huh, come on, come on now, this is what Nicodemus thought. Go back into my mother's womb and stay there for another nine months and then be born again can i can 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 I enter into the second time into my mother's womb and be born again? Jesus Christ answered and said, Verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto you, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. He cannot come in unless he be born of the water and of the Spirit. Now, we know water can't, can't, can't give you life But inside, this is what Jesus was explaining. Inside the mother's womb, there's a water sack. Inside the mother's womb, that water sack, that baby moves all different angles and directions in that water sack because that water gives him life while he's in the mother's womb. If that water wasn't in there, that woman could not hold that baby in that womb for nine months. That's what a water sac does. That water sac breathes in the blood system and that baby receives air through that water that the blood takes out, what the blood takes out of the water and feeds that baby. So that baby begins to move. Maybe the third month wasn't, and it moves and it moves. And it stays in there approximately some 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 be born early, some be born late. But if you be born late, that's a still baby. So Jesus was saying, except he born of the water, and when you're born, you're born of water physically. And then he said, "Very well, I say unto you, except you be born of the water and of the Spirit." he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. The face born of water speaks of the natural birth, which Jesus said in the next, and pertaining to a baby being born, being born of the spirit speaks of the spiritual, which is brought by, woo, that is brought about by God alone. And neither does, It speaks of water baptism. That's not water baptism. That's the water that's inside that mother's womb that that child comes out. Because when that water breaks, when that woman breaks that water, that water comes out. And when that water comes out, that's telling you the baby's getting ready to come out because it cannot exist inside the mother's womb without the water. It does not mean water baptism. It means the physical birth Because that's the only way you can get here is through that water sack. No water sack, you can't be born. When that water sack broke, when you come to your full gestation of being born, then the baby comes out. When the baby comes out, that's born of the flesh. Jesus said in the sixth verse, that which is born of flesh is flesh has to do with the natural birth. It is illustrated as stated by the phase born of the water. And that which is born of the spirit has to do do with that which is solely of God. The one flesh has no relationship to the other spirit and cannot be joined. In other words, God can only give you the new birth. Man can only give a a woman a physical birth. God can only give man a spiritual birth. So in order for you to be born again, you have to accept the blood of Jesus Christ. You have to repent and be born of the Spirit. When the Spirit comes in, when God's Spirit comes in, there's a change and you receive light. You receive God's life. And so a man that said that he can go to church all his life, a man that said that he's a good person, a man that said that he can do things he want to do and God still is uh, going to let him come to heaven, you can't go to heaven unless you've been born of the spirit. You cannot come into an existence in the physical world unless you be born of the flesh. God cannot give, woo. Listen to what I'm saying. God cannot give a woman a baby. Jesus Christ cannot have children. No, because that's God, and God is a spirit. And since God is a spirit, he cannot give a baby physical life. Only the man, only a man and a woman can only give physical life. And so Jesus Christ comes in and say, I'm a father, and I can give life too. I can give a spiritual life, and that spiritual life comes through Jesus Christ because when you're born of God, you're born of his seed, and his seed is the Holy Ghost. When Mary was conceived with a child, he said, you shall bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus Christ. And he wasn't born of water. He wasn't born of, of man. He wasn't born by the will of man or by flesh of man. He was born by God, and when God woo, wrapped himself up in Human flesh, Mary's seed was a God's suitcase. The seed of Mary was God's suitcase. God put himself inside the Mary womb, picked up a body through Mary's seed, and nine months he was born. And when he was born, he was born of a virgin. He was born sinless. He was born righteous. He was born unblamable. He was born faultless. He was right. All the way around. No sin. No sin. Nowhere. But he became sin. What did he become? He he became a liar. He became a backbiter. He became a whore He became an adulteress. He became a fornicator. He became an incestual sin. He became every sin that Satan can sum up. He became a sin offering. He was offered up for your sins. He took your punishment on work. Calvary. Oh, you talking about something awesome. You talking something. You talking about something that no man could even comprehend is when they yanked him. Yanked him from the judgment hall. When they took him on up to Calvary's cross, when they drugged him, when they spat on him, when they kicked him, when they disfigured his face, when they told him, if you be the son of God, why don't you come down off the cross? But to tell me, Jesus said, I'm going to do something better. I'm going to do something, woo! I'm going to do something that the world has never witnessed. I'm going to die for your sins, for your crookedness, and with your hypocritical self. For your lying self. You think God's going to let you get by into heaven without you coming and accepting his son, Jesus Christ. You'll never get there. You'll never get there. You'll never make it. This is brother Bazaar talking to you through Jesus Christ. Jesus says, you can't come in here. Why? Why Lord? I'm good. Why Lord? I go to church. Why Lord? I ain't bother nobody. Why Lord? I ain't never been in jail. Why Lord? I ain't never took drugs. Ah, I don't care. You're a sinner. You're a sinner by birth. You took the trace of Adam and Eve's sin, and it passed on down to the present. Two thousand twenty two and everybody that's born is born in sin and shaken iniquity. Everybody don't come tell me because you think you're queen or king or you're white and black or you're rich and poor that you're born sinners. you can't be born sinners because if you were born sinners, you have no need for a savior. Woo and you since you're born in sin and shaken iniquity to your forefathers, you are a sinner. And you need to be saved and quit hanky-panking around talking about, I'm going to do the best I can. No, you let Jesus Christ do what he want to do, and that is cleanse you from all sin. That which born of flesh is flesh, and that which born of spirit is spirit. Marvel not. Don't be surprised. I said unto you, ye must have to be born again. Evidently, addresses itself to surprise, which must have been registered on the countenance of Nicodemus. Nicodemus knew right then and there that Jesus was the Son of God and that Jesus Christ was the Redeemer of the world, that he was the Messiah. Don't you know Nicodemus? I believe hundred and ten percent that Nicodemus except Jesus Christ because Christ was willing really there to tell him and explain him salvation. Salvation is of the Jews. Nicodemus knows that Jesus Christ came to the Jews and he knew that they didn't receive him. But as many as received him, he gives them power to become the sons of God. The Bible said, You know, you know. You know that you've been born again because you know that you passed from death to life. You know because you love the brethren. A lot of people say, I don't know if I've been saved or not. You don't. You don't know if you've been saved? Well, then most likely if you don't know you've been saved, that means you don't know who Jesus Christ is. Because the Bible says you know you passed from death to life because you love the brethren. You love the Let me tell you, you love the liar, you love the backbiter, you don't love what they do, no, you don't love what they practice, but you love them. You love that individual soul. You love that individual very being. You love him. Why? Because Christ loved you with our nasty selves. We used to be nasty as a junkyard full of all kind of immorality and, and backbiting and hypocriting and trying to fool God and playing with God. We don't had all that stuff wrapped up in, until the Lord really gave us a, a divine experience with the power of the Holy Ghost. And he said, after the Holy Ghost has come, you shall receive what? Power. Power to do what? Be a witness for me. Tell the world that Jesus Christ is the Son of God then he's coming back to get a church without a spot or a wrinkle. We are living in the last days. How do we know we're living in the last days? Let me tell you. Here's one of the prophecies that I'm going to bring across to you, that we're living in the last days. One of the last days, the Bible said, the Spirit of the Lord will be poured upon all flesh. And a lot of people say, well, that people been poured up all fresh, how come the world is in such shape it is in now? In the minority group, there's a group of people that God got on this place. He's going to pour the Spirit on them. And those that want the Spirit of God, those that call upon the name of the Lord. Let's see what Joel says. Joel says in that day, in that day, the Lord himself is going to The book of Joel, second chapter, second chapter, second chapter. Let's get it real quick here. Amen. Talking to the 28th verse. Amen. The 28th verse says these words. It says, And it shall come to pass, afterwards." that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams and your young men shall see visions. 29th birth. And also upon the services, upon the handmaids. In those days, I will pour out my spirit and God got spirit. God is a spirit. And if God is everywhere, he's pouring out his spirit today. And I wish I wish the church folks would understand that they need a pouring out, but a lot of our churches is not getting a pouring out because they're not in the right frame of mind. They're not seeking the Lord. They're not wanting to be obedient to him. They don't want to do what God wants done. They want to do what they want to do. And God will not go against your tuition. He will not go against your will. If you want to be used of God, God will use you. If you don't want to be used of God, God can't use you. Listen to what it said in the 30th verse. It said, and I will show wonders in the heavens and in the earth. I will show blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord, before Jesus Christ steps on this earth, before he comes back, the seven-year tribulation is going to occur upon this earth. And this this seven-year tribulation is going to be horrific. It's going to be dynamite. It's going to be treacherous. It's going to be a disaster because judgment is beginning to come. And it says, yeah, he, he says, and it shall come to pass that ever called upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered for in Mount Zion, in Jerusalem shall be deliverance as the Lord has said. And in the remnant whom the Lord shall call, good God Almighty. You know what God getting ready to do? He's getting ready to pour out his spirit. Now listen to this. The entirety of these passages proclaim three great outpourings, three great outpourings that's going to occur. The first one, on the day of Pentecost, which continues until this hour. You hear what I said? From the day of Pentecost, which continue until this hour, 2023, God is still pouring out his Holy Spirit. It's free to all those that come to him. Listen to what I'm saying. That's the first pouring out. The second pouring out is during the future great Tribulation. In the book of Acts, 2.16 to 21, in the tribulation period, God's going to pour out his spirit upon flesh and double portions. Ooh, God's spirit is free. God's Spirit is love God's Spirit is justice God's Spirit is mercy God's Spirit is joy God's Spirit is everything that God is And God ain't nothing but joy He ain't nothing but love He ain't nothing but mercy He ain't nothing but he's about, about forgiveness and cleansing He's about regeneration He's about redemption He's about loving your fellow brother As he has loved you That's the second point out. During the tribulation period During the tribulation period we're in the first pouring out, the church age. The second, the great tribulation. The third pouring out is going to be during the millennium reign. The millennium reign of Jesus Christ. The millennium reign of Jesus Christ will be found in 32, 32nd chapter of Isaiah. 32nd chapter of Isaiah. Amen. Fifteen verse thirty-seven. Let's get thirty-second chapter of Isaiah real quick. Woo, real quick, right If I possibly can. Thirty-second chapter, fifteen verse. It says this: Until the Spirit be poured out upon us from on high, and then the wilderness be a fruitful field, and the fruitful field will be counted. For a forest, then judgment shall dwell in the wilderness and righteousness remain in the fruitful field. And the work of righteousness shall be peace and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. And my people shall dwell in a, place, a peaceable habitation and ensure dwellings in the quiet resting place. And when it shall hail, Come down on the forest, the city shall be low and a low place. That's the millennium reign. Let me get some more millennium reign here real quick for you. The millennium reign is consisted of Jesus Christ ruling out of Jerusalem for a thousand years. Jesus Christ will rule out of Jerusalem for a thousand years. And a thousand years will be given to the saints and Lucifer at that time will be bound in the bottomless pit. The bottomless pit is where Satan is going to be put after the tribulation period, and there he's going to be locked up for a thousand years, and Christ is going to start his millennium reign, and the Spirit of God is going to rule the earth and cover the earth like the water covers the sea, and we shall rule and reign with Jesus Christ for one thousand years guaranteed. And in the book of Isaiah, it says this, condition of the millennium reign. The 11th verse six, the 11th chapter, the 6th verse, it says, The wolf also shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the young lion and the fattened together. And the little child shall leave them, and the cow and the bear shall feed their young, one shall lie down together. The lion shall each straw like an ox, and the second child shall play on the hold of an ass, which is a snake, and the weaned child shall put his hand on a cock twice den. That's the millennium reign. That's where the Spirit of the Lord will rule and reign over the earth for a thousand years, and the saints of God will rule with him, and Israel will become the head of all the nations. All the nations will be headed by Israel. Israel no longer will be the tail. The Israel is getting ready to become the head of all the nations, not the head of the church. Jesus Christ is the head of the church, not, uh, uh, and the church is the body of Christ. The church, amen, comes from ooh, the Jewish teachings. Judaism brought forth Christianity. Yeah, did you know that? Judaism brought forth Christianity. Oh why did you do that? I did that because in the old testament they use animals as blood. They use animals as blood. They would not get their sins forgiven unless they use a lamb's blood, a goat's blood. They could not use And get their sins forgiven unless they use blood of a clean animal. No clean animal, if the animal was sick, God would not accept the blood. He would only accept the forgiveness of sin through the blood. And that blood was a covering for the Jewish nation until the time and restoration of the fulfillment. Because Jesus Christ fulfilled that when he died on Calvary's cross. So Christianity came out of Judaism because they're still using blood. They're using whose blood? They're using Christ's blood. He's a Lamb of God. He come out from Israel. He, he, he taught the people in the wilderness how to offer sacrifices, and now he says that was no good. That was no good. That could only cover sin. That could only cover sin. That could only cover sin, but the blood of Jesus Christ don't cover sin. It takes sins out of you. It makes you a new creature. You become Christ-like. You love Jesus Christ. You have a changed life. You talk different. You walk different. You look different. You love people different. Why? Because of love of God is in your heart, shed in the blood through the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says in Hebrew, without the shedding in the blood, there's no remission of sin. Don't come telling me you can get to heaven without the blood of Jesus Christ. You can't tell me that the blood of Jesus Christ cannot save you because he saved me. And if he saved me, he can save anybody because they tell me we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. He just didn't die for me. He died for the whole world. The Bible says at the end of time, there will become a universal apostasy. A universal apostasy. That's found in what? That's found in Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians 1 and 4. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, by our gathering together into him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind, nor be troubled, neither by spirit, nor by word, nor by letter, as from us, as the day of Christ at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and that the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above that is all called God, or worship as God in the temple of God so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Now, this is a prophecy that's yet to come, 2 Thessalonians, 2nd chapter. There is an Antichrist coming, and this Antichrist is waiting for the precise time for him to receive to go into the temple. Well, who's going to build the temple? The Jews now, today, 2023, ever since 1967, was Bible prophecy to be fulfilled because in 1967, a six-day war occurred and Jerusalem was recaptured by the Jewish people, a place called the Whaling Wall. The Whaling Wall has been in possession with the Jews from 1967. And since they got the replacement of getting that wall, they are planning to build a temple, a temple uh, which would be the third temple over the period of 2,600 years. They're going to build this temple, and the Antichrist is going to make a covenant with them that they will have permission to build this temple and restore this temple so that that... So that they can go back to the old Judaism rituals and laws, and by going back, the Antichrist will give them permission to do that, and they're going to start offering up sacrifices of animals. And guess what? When, the, when this occurs, it can only occur, only occur after the rapture of the church. It can't occur now. But the Jews now are getting ready to rebuild the temple. But at the same time, you've got 11 nations that's surrounding the Jewish city trying to bomb them, trying to get rid of the Jews. You've got the Hamayas, you've got Hezbollah, you've got the Palestinians, you've got the Egyptians, you've got the Assyrians, you've got these people gathering around Jerusalem, getting ready to over, try to overthrow Jerusalem, and it's going to end up in World War III. World War Three is just around the corner. These next 12 months of 2024 will be nothing but war in the Middle East. You hear what I said? There will be nothing but war in the Middle East. Nobody can stop it because it's Bible prophecy. God told us already 2,000 years ago that when you see armies, armies gather around Jerusalem participating in battles and killing the babies and, and raping the women and, and throwing bombs and when you see this look up your know, redemption's draw it nigh. It's getting close, it's getting close. But from night from two thousand twenty four of January, October, November, three months already they've been fighting and it's gonna run all over in to two thousand twenty four and it's gonna cause a world war three is on its way. Everything that's around is not standing on the word of God and not standing for God is going to collapse. The political world is going to collapse. The religious world is going to collapse. The The economical world is collapsed. Everything is collapsing today. The reason why? Because the world is not standing on the God of Israel. They're not looking forward for the God of Israel. And they're trying to make the world better without Jesus Christ. But it's not going to get no better. It's going to get so bad until your own kin folks are going to turn against you. So what's going to happen? When is the rapture of the church is going to occur? It's going to occur at the peak when the world is going to see there's nothing else going to happen but the rapture. It's going to get bad, real bad, storms, tornadoes, hurricanes, earthquakes, suicide, divorces, homosexuality, lesbianism, incest, sodomites. All kinds of stuff is going to break out, race riots. There's going to be a civil war within the country. Uh, America is going ready, getting ready to collapse to ground zero because they have refused to repent to the God of Israel And God is going to use the last ones that a lot of people don't think he's going to use. He's going to to cause the Jews to take over of preaching the gospel of the kingdom at the end of the age. The last seven years of Jews are going to preach the gospel of the kingdom for seven years. And they're going to do it because Revelation, the seventh chapter, said, John said, I see a great number. I see 144,000 Jewish men that's going to be sealed with the seal of God on their forehead, and they are going to preach after. Listen to me now. They're going to be preaching after the rapture, not before the rapture, but after the rapture. Because when the rapture of the church occurs, that's the end of the church age. And we are living in the end of the church age, and the last church age in the Bible says Laodicea, third chapter in Revelation. Laodicea is the last church age, which is a humanist church, which is run by demons and devils and cohorts and lying spirit. It is connected up with Luciferians, it connected up secret society, it connected up with masonry, it connected up with voodoo and hoodoo. People have the form of garlanders in this church, but they don't have no power. They don't have no ideas. But the power of the cross is. They have no idea that Jesus Christ suffered and bled and died. He was mutilated. He was almost uh, 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 annihilated. But he said, I got power to lay my life down, and I got power to pick it up again. I received this from my father. He's gone back to heaven now, and he's coming back to get a church. When he gets to church, he's going to go back to Israel. Israel going to preach for the first three and one and a half years. And they're going to preach that Jesus Christ is their Messiah and that he is going to come back and set up the millennial kingdom. And the Antichrist will try to put a block on this 144,000. Why do you think the Palestinians want to get rid of the Jews and wipe them off the face of the earth? Why do you? Not just because they're Jews, but because God said, I'm going to use the Jews the last... Three and one and a half years. I'm first three and one and a half years, and I'm gonna use two prophets in the last three and one and a half years. And I want Jews to be set up and get ready because they're gonna preach for one thousand two hundred and sixty days, and the church won't be nowhere around. I'll be gone in the glories of heaven. I'll be gone. I'll be gone around the throne of God. And when the Jews gonna be left here, they're gonna preach so mightily and so powerful that they tell me they're gonna preach and preach and preach until the world say. What is going on? And they tell me it's going to be so powerful that the world is going to go into a universal revival. Oh, y'all ain't listening to me. There's going to be a universal revival before Christ comes back to this earth. That means the Jews are going to preach so powerful that John said after they get through preaching, I saw a number that no man can number, and he asked the question, where did these come from and who are they? And he said, don't you know who they are? He said, no. He said, these are they that came out of great trials and tribulation. These are the ones that was left here after the rapture of the church. And by them being left here after the rapture of the church, they hear the Jewish nation preach the gospel, and they receive Jesus Christ. And a lot of people say, where do you find that at? I find that in the book of Revelation. In the book of Revelation, it says this in the seventh chapter. Let's see what it says. I'm talking about Bible now. I ain't talking about me. I ain't got nothing to talk about. I ain't got a thing to talk about, but this is. listen what it says. And the tribulation saying, and it says in the ninth verse, in the seventh chapter, in the ninth verse, it says, After this I beheld, lo, a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kingdoms and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes and palms in their hands, and cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and into the Lamb. And the angels stood around about the throne. This is in heaven now. This is the church in heaven. And the elders and the four beasts fell before the throne of their faces and worship God. We worship in God now and saying, Amen. Blessed in glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power to be, our, be unto our God forever and ever. And one of the elders answered, saying, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And which did they come? And he said unto him, Sir, you know. He said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation, and have washed their robes in what? What you talking about? Washed their robes and made them white in what? The blood of the Lamb. The blood of the Lamb. Not the blood of my mama, not the blood of my daddy, not the blood of my sister, not the blood of my preacher, not the blood of myself, not uh, no 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 not the blood of lambs and turtle doves and goats. No, no blood, but the blood of the lamb stood before the throne of God. Only those that know what the blood of the lamb is, therefore, are they before the throne and serve Him day and night. And He who sits on the throne shall dwell with them. There shall be no more hunger. There shall be no more thirst. There shall be no more sunlight on them. And for the lamb, which is in the midst of the throne, shall feed them and shall lead them into the living fountain. And God shall wipe away all the tears from their eyes. This is the effect of the 144,000 after they preached for 1,260 days, 42 months. From January to January to January. In other words, January, February, March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. Uh, they go in another month. January again. Then they go another year. January again. Then they go another year. A half a year. January again. Three and one half years. They're going to hear the gospel. The whole world is going to hear the gospel. They tell me the ABC, the NBC. The TikTok, the Twitters, ooh, the YouTube, amen. It's gonna be publicized around the world, from the coast to coast, from Los Angeles, California, to the shores of the Atlantic Ocean, all the way over to. Uh, 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 the Middle East. It's going to be a worldwide revival and nobody is going to be able to take a collection. Nobody's going to be able to have no time for nothing because when the gospel is being preached like God said he wanted to be preached, the whole world is going to listen. And some said, I ain't thinking about it. But yet and still, he said, I'm going to give you the opportunity to receive him. The 144,000 get through with their job, they're going to be caught up to the throne of God. And the tribulation saints that got saved in the first part of the tribulation thing will have to go through the second part of the tribulation thing. That's when hell breaks loose. And after the 144,000 get with their preaching, guess what? God said, I got two more witnesses. I got two more dynamite out of sight witnesses. You talking about preaching? Ooh, these guys are going to be on fire. These guys gonna be awesome. They're gonna have so much fire that if, if anybody touched them while they're preaching this gospel, fire will come out their mouth. Well, who are these two men? According to the Bible, these two men are the two men in the Old Testament that did not finish their ministry. What two men in the Bible did not finish their ministry? Number one, Moses did not finish his ministry. Moses was supposed to go up into the land of Canaan, flowing with milk and honey, but he got angry at the people. And God told him, if they want a drink of water, I want you to go down to the rock and smoke the rock one time. One time, smoke the rock, and water will come out. And Moses got so angry with the people because he let the people get next to him, and he smoked the rock twice. And the rock represent when he smoked that rock, it represents the birth and the death of resurrection of Jesus Christ. And he smoked it twice. And God was not pleased with him smoking the rock twice. And Jesus Christ came down here, and he was the rock. And he was smitten one time. And the one time he died, and he got back out the grave one time, and Moses smote the rock two times. Jesus Christ is not coming back down here no more to die no more, to suffer no more for nobody. Why? Because he already do it, and Moses broke. That type in shadow of smoking that rock two times. So he didn't enter. By him not entering, God buried him at the foot of Mount Nebo. And nobody knows where Moses' body is. And Satan wanted the body of Moses to use it for idolatry and to use it to keep him from coming back in the last days. And so God buried him in a secret place, and he won't get up until the latter part of the tribulation period. The last three and one-half years, Moses will come up and he will plant his feet right at the temple site, right at the temple site in Jerusalem. In the 11th chapter of Revelation, we see Moses, the two witnesses that's gonna be standing there. Who is the other witness? The other witness is Elijah. Elijah was known the prophet of fire. Moses was known the prophet of plagues. These two prophets gonna stand in Jerusalem with the TV camera, ABC, NBC, Fox, CW, WBC, WWKYL. All of these are gonna be focused on Jerusalem because Jerusalem is gonna to come to centerfold. Of the return of Jesus Christ. Oh, hallelujah! Praise God! Thank you, Lord. And when they start preaching, they're going to preach for another three and one half years. Three and one half years. Moses and Elijah are going to preach, and these men are going to have power to bring plagues up on the earth. Moses brought ten. Elijah brought one big plague, no water. Elijah going to tell and preach that it won't rain for three and one half years. And the whole world is going to taste who God is. They're going to find out who God is. And Elijah ran away from Jezebel, went up under the juniper tree crying, oh, I want to die, Lord, I want to die. I can't take no more. And the Lord said, all right, I'll take you out of here. He took him out in a fiery chariot and rode him on up into heaven. Moses was a witness on the, Moses and Elijah was a witness on the top of the Mount of Transfiguration. On the Mountain of Transfiguration the disciples saw two prophets. It was not Enoch. Enoch is not not, not acquainted with Israel. Enoch was not acquainted, but the Jewish writers have took Enoch in the Old Testament. The only one that had controversy with Israel and with God was Moses and Elijah, and they did not finish their job. And so they're going to finish this job the last three and one-half years that they're going to preach so long and so hard and so dynamic at the close of the three and one-half years, the whole world is going to be angry, and they're going to want to kill them, and they cannot kill them until God gives them permission to be killed. And when they... If they touch touching before the time for them to be killed, fire will come out of their mouth and they will be destroyed. But at the end of the tribulation period, they're going to be killed. They're going to be laying in the streets that the whole world for three and one half days will see their bodies on camera. I said on camera, on every worldwide television station, that man has drummed up. They're going to see it for their own eyes. The church will be a witness from the porters of glory. The church will be a witness from the porters of glory. What God is getting ready to do to this planet. He getting ready to clean it up. He's going to cleanse it. He's going to get ready, all this dirty, low-down, rotten living He's gonna cast it into the lake of fire. And all those that's in sin and in degradation and in rebellion is gonna be cast into the lake of fire. And it don't sound good, but let me tell you, if you want to sound want me to sound better, you need to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For your own soul benefit. Because if you're not caught in the rapture, and if you, don't, if you don't die during the tribulation period, you have an opportunity to accept Jesus Christ or reject Jesus Christ. And the great rejection will come in the middle of the tribulation period when 666 will come upon the scene. And that 666 says that if you will not receive the mark of the beast or the Antichrist, of the Antichrist is coming from Spain, and he's going to rule in Jerusalem for seven years. In the middle of the tribulation, he will cause both rich and poor, bond and free, to have an opportunity to receive the mark and be damned, or reject the mark and be a martyr for Jesus Christ. It's going to be suffering. It's going to be devastated. You need Christ tonight. You need Christ tonight. You need to come to him now. And that means you've got to repent of your sins. He ain't no big sin, little sin, sin, and sin, sin condemn your soul. And the Bible says, whoever believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And whoever believeth not shall be damned. This is simple as that. In Romans 10 and 9. 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, if you know how to talk, 10 and 9 says, if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth, confession is made into salvation; for the scripture says, whosoever believeth on him shall not be ashamed. It's simple. I'm glad you're going to church. I'm glad you 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 participate participating just in church doesn't qualify you for heaven. Your good looks doesn't qualify you for heaven. Your friend doesn't qualify you. The only thing that can qualify you for heaven is that you come to Jesus Christ just like Nicodemus did. He repented of his sins and he believed that Jesus was the Christ. And every man that comes to Christ must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder for those that diligently seek him. Seek him now, because I'm telling you right now, 2020, 2024 is going to be hell on earth. It's going to be mind-boggling. It's going to be a wake-up call, and I pray. I pray for the world. I pray for, for the sick. I pray for the blind. I pray for the rich. I pray for the poor. I pray for the whole world that the world will come to see that this God I'm talking about is a God of the universe. He's almighty. And he can save your little pitiful soul. And the only way you can be saved, you've got to come to the cross. No cross, no crown. No cross, no eternal life. You've got to accept the man that hung his head and died and gave up the ghost and came up out of the grave. Within three days, he was up and at it. Why don't you come to him now? This is the time for you to accept him. I hope in the future that I can get in contact with somebody. Uh this is E. G. Bazaar coming to you from Warren, Ohio. I hope somebody's listening in. I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get another phone and I'm gonna give my phone number. So if you wanna call me and get some answers, I'll give you some answers on what's getting ready to happen. But I'll do that the first of the year. I'm gonna get another phone that I can give you a number. And I'm going to give this number out on the air. And after I get off the line, if you got any questions about salvation, any questions about end time, I can give you the answer from the word of God. And I'll give it to you right. I'll give it to you just like it read in the Bible to talk to you for those that's listening. This is Elder G. Bazaar coming to you from Warren, Ohio. I wish you a happy, happy new year. I wish you... We'll make the right choices coming into the new year, and the right choice is come to Christ. Confess it with your mouth and believe with your heart that God raised it from the dead. And the Bible says, thou shalt be saved. I'll be back next week, and I hope I have my phone. And I'll give, I'll give each one that calls me on the phone five minutes. I want to take I will to I try to explain everything to you, but I'll give you five, at least five minutes to ask me the question, and I'll give you the best answer from the Word of God, not my guessing, not my thinking. If you want to ask on eternal security, is, is there such thing as eternal security? Absolutely, yes. When Jesus Christ saves you, he saves you forever. The, the, a lot of questions is, can you work for your salvation? The answer is no, you cannot work for your salvation. But after you receive salvation, you can work your salvation out, fear and trembling before God, because you cannot do nothing for God being a sinner, because the Spirit of God is not in you, and if the Spirit of God is not in you, then Christ cannot work through you. And the only way he can work through you is through the Holy Spirit, by you receiving Christ in your life. I know what I'm talking about. This is real. A lot of people say, can a backslider go to heaven? Yes, a backslider is married to God. God will never leave you, neither forsake you. If you accept him once, he's got you forever. What if a a Christian Christian falls? A righteous man can fall seven times and get up every time. Read your Bible. A righteous man, not a good man. I'm talking about a righteous man. I'm mean, talking about a man that loves the Lord. I'm talking about a man that's willing to go with the Lord. I'm talking about a man that has failed God. He can get up again seven times. And we'll, we'll go with, uh, some people ask me, how soon do you think Jesus is coming? Well, if I told you, you would think I'm being a predictor, but I'm not a predictor. A way, a way the way the things going now, the way the thing's going now and this war that's going over in Jerusalem, I believe that he's coming before the end of 2024. And the reason I say that, because the world right now, the armies of the world, the countries of the world are stocking up nuclear bombs and uh, all kinds of arsenal uh, uh, to, 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 to rule the world. And the next war is coming next year. And that's the war with God and Magog. That's the war with Russia and Israel. Israel is in for a terrible time, but God said, I will deliver them. And God said, no man, no woman, no country, no nation, no, no entity can defeat the Jewish people. They are here on this earth forever. Forever. God bless you. God smile on you. I hope I've been a help to you. I hope I've been a blessing to you. Love you all out there, those that's listening in. Um, been going through a little bit, but that's all right. I'm still going to continue on. Hey, Amen. I've been on for 12 years, uh, uh, and and I haven't missed too many months. I haven't missed too many weeks, but I'm getting back on track, and I'll be back on next week by God's grace, and we'll get into some real serious thing. And after my program is over, um, I'm gonna have a try to have a telephone number. You can call me. I don't care who you are, where you are, where you at, call me, please. And I beg you in Jesus' name. Receive Christ as your Savior, your personal savior. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. God smile on you. See you next week. Keep looking up, for the Lord Jesus Christ will blow a trumpet.